You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. As you may have guessed, we're starting a new series, a, a brief series uh, on money. And um, maybe you're thinking, oh, wow, it is a rainy January Sunday morning at 8 o'clock, and the pastor is going to talk about money. <clears throat> um, and I was thinking about this because I have to be honest, there, there are so many things I'd love to talk about, and, and money's not at the top of the list on things I teach about. That's not a negative. I'm just saying, you know, but, but I started thinking, you know, we're talking about more. Uh, last week we talked about more and more uh, not settling for spiritual status quo. So when we think about our spiritual formation, we think about um, learning how to pray, uh, learning um, how to fast. Um, there's so many spiritual disciplines that we can learn that help in our spiritual formation. But um, when we, today we're going to say that when we, when we think about money, uh, we find that money is actually very spiritual. There's a lot that that God says in, in, the, in the Bible about money. And so with that, this is not an apology, just to say, I think this is necessary in our own spiritual growth. Um, you, you, I think all of us from time to time or at some time in our life, uh, we've experienced money trouble, maybe not to that degree or that way, but uh, you know, it, it, we learn by experience, right? I, I know Cammie and I have had some money trouble in the past, and thankfully we've learned some principles that help us. But um, uh, you know, I was thinking uh, maybe you're here and you're experiencing some money trouble just simply because um, holiday spending got the best of you. You know, uh, we love to buy for our grandkids more than our kids. <laughs> um, or, or maybe um, uh, it's not about holiday spending that you have some money trouble, but maybe it's because there were some unexpected spent expenses last year that just caught you off guard. And so in order to make it all work, there's some, there's some money trouble. Or maybe it's not because of unexpected expenses, but it, maybe it's because of some, um, some, maybe some frivolous, unnecessary spending, you know, kind of the I want, and so you might have gotten yourself into some trouble. Or maybe uh, you have or you're experiencing money troubles because you have a, uh, maybe a history of not-so-wise decisions about money. Here's the bottom line. We all need money. We all need money to make life work, right? I, I, if you, you know, I can go out of the house, and if I need to get gas in my car, stop at the grocery store, whatever, that can be easily $100. Thankfully, gas is down right now. But we all need money. But here's the truth of the matter. If we're not careful, if we're not cautious, the stress that comes with money trouble, um, or for some, maybe the, um, an aggressive pursuit for wealth, if we're not careful, we can allow those things to rob us of some of the most important things in life. And so um, let me ask you this morning, why... Why do we have money troubles? What, what causes money troubles? Why do they exist? What could we identify as maybe some of the primary culprits uh, uh, that cause money troubles? And I actually would like for you to answer that. Maybe some of you, what have you found as you've watched others or maybe you've experienced in your own life? What are, what are some of the things that get us in trouble with money? Anybody want to venture out and say? None of you have money troubles. <laughs> What are some of the simple things? What? You want something. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's not that you need it, you want it. Anybody else? 
Stuff. Yeah, just stuff. It allures us. Anybody else? Lack of preparation. Lack of preparation. Not being intentional, not planning. Yeah. Anybody else? Uh, coupons can actually make you spend more money, can't they? Or you get this thing in the mail and, you know, uh, buy two and get one half. I didn't need the second one. <laughs> Anybody else want to add to that? Unpaid student loans. I've got a niece that's going through that now. Unpaid. Yeah, it, it can cause stress. It's like you don't have to start paying them off till you're six months out, but you've got to start paying them off, and then the payment's probably a little larger than what you imagined. You, you put it off. I think all of these are good and right, and there's one that I would like to add to it, and I think that it's the uh, maybe the primary culprit uh, uh, that causes money problems, and it's, and it's perspective. Uh, I believe that when our perspective about money is wrong, then we have money troubles. And I also believe that when we have a wrong perspective, when we think about our money, we ask the wrong questions about our money. Uh, we start asking questions like, um, why does my money have to cause me such a headache? Or why does everybody want my money? Uh, it might be a question like, why, uh, why, do I, why do I keep going into overdraft? Or um, why should I have to save money or, or maybe a final question could be I work hard why shouldn't I be able to do what I want to do with my money and uh, if these kinds of questions are the result of a wrong perspective then how do we change our perspective how do we uh, get to a right perspective how do we get it right on the money and that's the series that we're in it's called right on the money not right on the money but right on the money how do we get it right on the money and I would say this morning that one way to change our perspective is to begin by changing the questions that we're asking about our money um, uh, and you, you could kind of think, well, maybe that's kind of like a chicken and egg scenario, which came first, the chicken or the egg. You could say, well, uh, if you change your questions, you change your perspective, but don't you need to change your perspective first to change your questions? And I'm going to start this morning by saying, let's start by changing the questions that we ask about our money. And I'm convinced that when we do, uh, that when we change our questions, that our perspective can begin to change. And so here are some of the questions that I would pose that we ask instead about our money. Number one, what motivates my money perspective? What is it that motivates my money perspective? Number two, how well do I really handle my money? Uh, number three, is money important to God? Number four, what does the Bible say about money? Number five, uh, what's the real purpose of my money? And number six, um, who, who actually holds me accountable for how I steward or how I manage my money? Um, and uh, the ultimate goal is not to just develop or create or gain another perspective or a better perspective, but ultimately what we want to do is we want to fully gain what is God's perspective on money. The Bible has much to say about money. So what's God's perspective regarding money? And I think that this is really the only way to get it right on the money. So uh, let me tell you where we're going. The goal within this series, and particularly today, is to answer the questions, the right questions that I've presented to you. Um, and it's all for the sake of helping us gain God's perspective on money. And what I've done with these questions is um, 
I, I broke them out into two categories. Uh, the first category has two questions in it, and they're very personal. Um, uh, they deal with um, uh, motivation and practice, and obviously they're very personal, and I, I can't answer them for you. Um, but I can pass on to you some thoughts that would help you come to an assessment uh, that would help you answer uh, that, that, those two questions. But then the second group of questions, the group of four, ha- really take us into uh, how, what's God's perspective on money. So uh, with that, uh, let me pray. Let me pray for our time, and then we're going we're gonna to step into the rest of the message. Father God... Um, we ask that you would help us in this very practical time to recognize that it's also very spiritual. And I pray that if there are money adjustments that need to be made, if there are perspective adjustments that need to be made, that through this time, through your word, by your spirit, that you would help us make those adjustments so that we could be uh, the best possible money managers, money stewards uh, that we possibly can. So, Father God, uh, we present this time to you, and we ask that you use it for our growth and for your glory, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to start with the personal questions, and I'm going to say first, uh, you need to ask yourself, when I personally think about money, what's my motivation? What's my goal? What's my perspective? Uh, and again, I'm, this is kind of a, another time of a little uh, audience participation. Uh, when you think about motivations for your money perspective, and it may be similar to what I've already asked, but can you identify any things, what are the things that motivate our perspective about money? Maybe some more personal things. Anything different than what we said earlier? What, what motivates our money perspective? I think one of those things is that uh, uh, want over need. Those, those kinds of, let, me, let me put this out. One, one effective way to... Um, really assess your money motivation, and it's very practical, is just simply uh, take a look at your last three months' bank statements or take a look at your check register if you still keep one. I've come to realize that a lot of people uh, don't keep check registers anymore. I don't know how you do it if you don't. but uh, So you could just take a look, and you would begin to, to get a, a picture of, of how you handle your money, uh, what, what motivates your money. Um, another way to, to uh, assess your motivation, and um, when I say these things, I'm not saying you shouldn't have any of these things. I'm just saying just simply as a tool to, to assess your motivation is um, take a look in your closet. Uh, what, is your, what, do you, what, is, what do you find in your closet? What does it tell you about motivation, about money? Or um, take an inventory of your, your, your toys, you know, the, the toys that you have. Um, uh, another way would be to assess your, uh, calculate your amount of debt or um, calculate how much you spend on a particular hobby. And again, I'm not saying any of these things are bad, but I think that they begin to paint a picture uh, of uh, what motivates us, our perspective of money. Um, and an honest look at these things uh, really paint a picture, and it gives us reality. What, what, what really is going on? And then we, uh, when we have an honest assessment, when we get in touch with reality, it really sets us up for the second question, which is how well do I handle money? Now, some of you may have participated in the past in um, uh, Dave Ramsey's FPU, or Financial Peace University. Um, and if you have, then you have gained some great uh, 
not just pointers about money, but you've been able to be um, immersed in God's perspective of how we steward his money. Um, and so you, you might say, well, actually, when I look at how I handle my money based on those principles, I, I do it really well. Um, some of you may have a great business background, and you've learned some things about handling money uh, over the years from your experience or maybe your education, and you say, uh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, Based on those principles, I, I handle my money pretty well. But it's also possible that as you assess your past history, uh, you recognize that you may not handle money as well as you possibly could. And you recognize that there is a history of unwise decisions. And um, as a result, you're struggling. You have money troubles because of those bad decisions. Um, And if this is the case, then God wants to give you a new perspective. And not just a new perspective, not another perspective, but his perspective uh, uh, about money. So that puts us into the second category of questions. Um, So here's the third question. Is money important to God? Is money important to God? And one response could be, you know, God's got a lot of things to think about. I'm not, I don't think he's really all that concerned about my money. Or you could say, um, money's not very spiritual, so why would God be focused on money? And I would say both of those responses would be wrong. They're, they're both wrong responses because what we find is uh, God says much about money in the Bible. God talks much. In fact, Jesus talked much about money, 16 of his 38 parables have to do with how to handle money and possessions. Um, In the Gospels, one out of 10 verses, a total of 288 verses, deal directly with the subject of money. One out of 10, 288 verses. Uh, The Bible offers 500 verses on prayer, less than 500 verses on faith, and more than 2,000 verses on how to handle our money and possessions. Could we agree from that that money is very important to God? Um, that God has something to say about money. And it's when we look into all that Jesus says about money, what the Scripture tells us about money, that we find the answers to questions four and five. And again, question four was, what does the Bible tell us about money? And question five, what's the purpose of my money? And I think that those could be best summarized uh, by passing on to you four uh, biblical principles. You find these principles in your notes. Um, and um, uh, these will answer, these principles are going to answer these two questions and really help us understand God's perspective on money. So um, here's number one, principle number one. The Bible clarifies that money is a trust. The Bible clarifies that money is a trust. Uh, The Bible clarifies that uh, God is the owner of everything and we are his stewards. Let me give you two passages of scripture. Psalm 24, 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. That makes it pretty plain. The earth is the Lord and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Deuteronomy 10 14 says this, to the Lord your God belong the heavens 
even the highest heaven, the earth and everything in it. So if we take scripture at truth, which we do, uh, the scriptures, uh, these are just two of many that, that re- confirm for us that everything belongs to God. I came across the story of John Wesley. I think we've all heard of John Wesley. Uh, and the story is, is that uh, uh, one day uh, uh, a man uh, rode up to John Wesley very frantically on his horse. And when he uh, got off the horse uh, in a panic, he went to John Wesley and he said, Mr. Wesley, Mr. Wesley, I hate to tell you this, but your house has burned. It's gone. And his response was simply, it's not my house. It's God's. It's one less thing for me to worry about. Isn't that a great perspective? I think it's hard for us to get to that perspective or to that that attitude. I think that there are things that we have and we hold on to very tightly and we think, what would I do without them? And I think the answer really is we would do perfectly fine. We we really would. But there that, that that shows there's an attitude maybe that has to be adjusted in us. Everything that we have, according to Scripture, comes directly from God. Did you know that even your paycheck comes from God? I mean, often we think in terms of our employer uh, gives us our paycheck. Here's what I believe. I believe that our paycheck comes directly from heaven and that God simply uses our employer to channel that money through because the Scripture says everything is God's, everything. And so it's not the employer's money and it's not our money. It's God's money. God has passed it on to us through our employer. Everything we have comes directly from him. Um, all that we have is on, on loan from God, and one day, here's the truth of the matter, we're going to be called to give account of how we've handled what God has given us. And we find this true uh, in the parable of the talents. I'm going to read it in a few moments, but what we find in the parable of the talents is that the, the master gave... He entrusted and he asked the servants to steward or to manage what he had given. And when he came back, um, they were held accountable. What did you do with what I have? That was a parable. Jesus is, is telling us that in the same way with all that we've been given, we're going to be held accountable, not just our money, but all of our possessions. How do we do it? Here's the second principle. The Bible clarifies that money is a tool. Money is a tool. God has given us a tool to use for our own good and for our, the good of others. I want to read a passage of, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. If you want to turn there, you can. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, beginning in verse 10. I'm going to read verses 10 and 12. It says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Verse 12, this service that you perform is not only supplying the need of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. The tool that God given us is actually the principle of generosity. And I, 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 I love, and I say that when I also say, I love what we read in this verse because it shows us the principle of generosity is this. God always supplies our need. I don't know about you, but I have found that God is always faithful. God has never left us wanting. There have been times where it's been slim, and we learn, we grow in those times, but God has never left us. So God supplies our need, 
And out of our need, we meet the needs of others. But here's the great part of the scripture. The scripture saying, and as we're doing this, so it's this and then this. And here's what's happening again. God continues. It's this cycle. God continues. He always replenishes this supply. His supply never runs out. Therefore, our supply never runs out. And then we continue to give, and it just continues. We just continue to see this cycle. God is always faithful in it. In it. Um, it's the principle of generosity. Here's the third principle that I want to talk to you about. The Bible clarifies that money is a test. Money is a test. God can use our money to reveal our true loyalties. And Jesus gives an example of this. It's found in Mark. Uh, chapter uh, 10. Let me read this to you. Mark chapter 10. I'm going to begin in verse 17 and read through 22. Uh, As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not defraud. Uh, honor your father and your mother. Teacher, he declared, I have, uh, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. And listen to verse 22. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. And I think what we really have to look at in this story, maybe the, the true reality of the story is it's not that he had wealth, but that wealth had him. And I think as we're assessing ourselves, we have, to under, we have to ask the question, what are my possessions? What is my money? What kind of handle does it have on me? What does it reveal about me? What does it reveal about my values? What does it reveal about my own generosity? What does it reveal about how I feel about the money that God has given to me? Um, do I have money or does money have me? And here's the fourth, the final principle. The Bible clarifies that money is a testimony. Money is a testimony. God can use money to expose the values and priorities that have shaped our character. God can use money to expose the values and priorities that have shaped our character. How I handle money speaks loudly to the kind of person I am. How I handle money is a reflection of my core values and my beliefs. How I handle money reflects my character. How I handle money reflects my understanding of God. Um, I mentioned the parable of the talents a moment ago, but I want to read it to you. It's in Matthew chapter 24. Um, And here we see a good testimony and we see a not so good testimony. And beginning in verse 14, it says, And again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one, he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, 
each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five talents brought the other five. Uh, brought five, uh, brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And in those two men, we see a good testimony. We see what was going on inside of them. We see their core value. We, we see what their perspective was about money and possessions. But then we look in verse 24. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put the money on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he who will, will ha- and he will have abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw the worthless servant outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So his perspective on money um, was, it revealed what was going on in him. And, and it, wasn't, it wasn't a good testimony. How we handle money reveals. It's, it's a testimony. It's a testimony about what we believe about God. Listen to this. Money is a temporary commodity that's here today and gone tomorrow. But how we use the money and possessions God has given us impacts both present and the future. So um, what God has done is he has given us a supply. It's his money. And as we're going to see as we work throughout this series that it's for the intent of his kingdom. It's the intent of the tool actually stores up also for eternity. So again, this morning, uh, maybe this uh, seems more practical. Maybe it's not the most spiritual subject, but yet we see that, that God says much about money. So my prayer for each of us today is that we would have the necessary adjustments so that we could gain God's perspective on how we handle his money so that we can uh, invest in the kingdom, invest in eternity, and see many come to know him as Lord and Savior because that's what it's really all about. Would you stand? I want to pray for you. Father God, thank you this morning uh, for your spirit and your presence here. And Lord, I thank you that not only do you talk to us in your word about prayer, not only do you talk to us about faith, not only do you teach us uh, precepts and principles for life and relationships and marriage and, and how to love you and how to serve you, how to surrender, what repentance is about. But Father God, you also teach us about how we should handle your possessions, uh, your, your finances and all that you have given 
forgiven us. And so I pray for every person where there are adjustments that need to be made. I pray that you would, by your spirit, make those within us and help us to commit and submit to the process. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.